0: Welcome to the Dumb Logic Podcast. This is the first taping, first show. This one's going to be short, explaining what this is all about. So, came up with this idea. Through my time, spent driving people around. Figured I have all kinds of opinions on mainstream news. Kind of got a political... Political passion in the works or whatever you want to however you want to call it as I said before this podcast is called dumb logic so most of what you hear will sound dumb you may think it's dumb but for the most part I feel like it's logic logical information that most of you people can use now the format I plan on using for this podcast is similar to others I'm gonna have guests I'm gonna have you know just friends Eventually, once I build this podcast up, I'm going to have bigger guests, people from other shows, plan on just talking about, you know, just different topics on each podcast. To start, I'm probably going to run it about a half an hour long. After the first few shows, get it up to an hour long, then eventually two hours long daily. But for now, just doing more of a pilot run, definitely sample cast, whatever you want to call it, whatever you call your first podcast, just trying to get your voice right, voice tone right, trying to get in the rhythm. Going to, for the most part, go over some of the hot takes that, or takes that you guys call hot, because I call it. Logical. most of you guys call it hot, throughout the week, this week, had a lot going on. Now, main subject I guess we'll talk about on this show would be the Starbucks incident. So, you have different reports, different stories that came out on what really happened. Now, I go and get my information from different sources, not just the news, the local news or, you know, just broadcast news media, I get it from Reddit, I get it from Twitter, Instagram, I try to put it all together, you know, I try to get the, the video that to see what happened and from what I gathered, the two guys, they came into Starbucks looking to use the restroom, I've done it, being a black man, it's usually no problem but then again, at some places, they treat us Somewhat different, third rate. You know, like those guys went in. Shouldn't have been an issue getting the cold. But me living out here in Las Vegas, and once again, this is pilot. So I should have introduced myself. I'm not gonna do that. I'm just gonna go right into it. Um, you can obviously, if you're listening to this, you know enough about me because there's not gonna be strangers listening to this podcast. It's gonna be friends, maybe family, but. In about a few months we'll get there we'll get fans but back to the Starbucks incident so two guys go in asking to use the restroom all Starbucks they have key codes that allow you to go into the restroom the guys may or may not have been looking to use the facility for a the meeting they may have just went in for the restroom but the manager assumed They're just loitering. That they're just coming in just to use the restroom. They're not going to buy anything. Just assumed it. Now, reports came out that there was a few white patrons that came in prior to those two guys who were allowed to use the restroom without purchasing anything. But the two black guys that come in came in were told no. And other people that were um, customers that were in a Starbucks. They saw that that was wrong, you know, that that's not the proper procedure that's usually carried out. Usually, you get the key code. Only time you don't get it is if you're, which is wrong still, but you look homeless or you look like you're literally, seriously loitering. But they didn't get the key code. The manager um, said no. So she said they have to buy something, purchase something before they get it. Now, of course, common sense would tell you just buy coffee, especially if you're there for a meeting anyway just buy your coffee um you know we don't need a situation here but some people just don't get it and incidents happen so instead of buying that coffee they decided to proceed to sit down to wait for their um party to come in for a meeting that they had set up and i've been starbucks for multiple meetings in my life so i know how that is Usually wait, customarily wait until everybody's there to buy your coffee because it's rude to buy it in advance. But they sit down and the manager continued to carry on with the two guys and the guys went back and forth with her. So that lasted a few minutes before she then called the cops because she requested those guys to leave. Now, you can look at it as a a situation that they're black, so she's treating them. Different due to skin color, or you can look at it as a situation. She's having a bad day. She's the manager. She's in charge of that facility. Private business, so not a public business. So she can ask them to leave legally. But she asked them to leave. They didn't want to leave. They continued to carry on with her and caused the scene. Cops show up. Reports say two to three minutes after she called, but I'm thinking five minutes after. But they show up, they're trying to get the guys to just leave. They said that the managers requested from them to leave. If they don't leave, they're going to get a trust, trespass arrest. Um, the guys decided to then go into berating the cops. A um, few things that were said um, via the police chief to the cops um, who may or may not have body camps, but the other customers, for the most part, backed up the cops' story that the guys would be little on the cops. You're forty five thousand a year of workers, and um, you know you're you work for me. Blah blah blah, and then the guys um, got arrested because they wouldn't leave. Now, the reason why I felt this situation was pussy that or the ending result, which is Starbucks apologizing and shutting down eight thousand stores for racial the diversity training whatever it's called is because starbucks is the most liberal most liberal um restaurant coffee shop in the world you know they cater to everybody they cater to hippies they cater to minorities hippies lgbt every single group you can think of they cater to and they make a point to cater and one action the actions of one employer you shouldn't Reflect on Starbucks as a whole, but Starbucks rushed and panicked and issued a statement They issued a, a Sorry, and uh They are I will say they're stepping up and they are doing that racial division training, which I think will go a long way Um, but then I think it can set us back because we're starting to get to a point in America And actually before I get into that um, not to make this episode First episode, pilot all about politics. But this is kind of a social, political issue. It was kind of my main talking point this week. But the reason why I didn't like the apology and the 8,000 stores shutting down for eight hours of training. Because I would be offended if I worked at Starbucks. You know, I don't want somebody telling me that I'm a racist. I need to be trained. You know, that's just, that would be the same as somebody shooting... That'd be the same as somebody shooting up a neighborhood, and the whole neighborhood coming being required to come in for training, or that'd be the same as somebody on welfare um, selling food stamps, doing the wrong thing, and everybody on welfare now has to do an eight-hour course on using food stamps properly. You know, it's one of those situations that you are punishing the mi- majority for the minority. You know, you're—I'm pretty sure. Out of 100% of the workers at Starbucks, 1% may be racist, but the other 99% are being punished. Now, let's think about this. If 99% of the employees are doing right, then why should the 1% dictate the 99%'s um, consequences, you know, or punishment, whatever you want to call it? And now, after talking to a few people, you know, the past couple of days, I realized that the training, actually makes sense i i give it to you i'll i'll, I'll allow it okay to go and um uncontested due to the fact that there's racism in on the most part in the local level but i think it should be more than just a starbucks i mean you have car dealerships that don't even look to Sell a car to minorities. They assume that me being an African American, they assume we have bad credit. They assume we weren't qualified. They'll run to the white potential customer before us. You know, you have restaurants that assume we're not going to tip. Now, not to to speak light on that issue, but I do have to say, because of the fact you know I'm actually. And it works planning on going back to school to get a bachelor degree so i can eventually become a lawyer you know depending on how well i do with these english writing courses how sufficient i feel like i am in regards to uh, the proper english as you can tell the past 12 years of my life i've um, destroyed my vocab but I drove Uber and Lyft, and I will say, for the most part, our culture, we're not a tipping culture. We don't, we're not taught to tip. We just don't tip. Now, of course, that's not everybody, but a majority of, put it like this. I drive Uber and Lyft, okay? Um, and mainly I drive not only for the extra income, but I drive to have conversations such as these with people. And they enlighten me on a few things. I learned a, few, a lot of things. Now, if I was in Ohio, I'm from Ohio. If I was in Ohio, still wouldn't do Lifted over because the conversations are kind of dumb. Now, being in Vegas, Las Vegas now, a bigger city, you have more broad range of um, topics and, and, and situations that's going on you can talk about. And you actually get to learn because you have millionaires in the back of your car. You know, you have people that have been there. You have people from all over the world in the back of your car, so you learn a lot. Now, I will say, you know, I actually even drove taxi for about three or four months just to try it out, just to have more convers- conversations with people. I put it like this. Before I left Ohio, I was super liberal, not knowingly, super liberal. I did the whole vote for President Obama because he's black, you know. I mean, if he was white, I probably wouldn't have went out to vote. But because he's black, I wouldn't voted. I didn't know anything about the issues or anything. But moving to Vegas, it turned me into more of a... Middle of the fence type of guy. I like things that I didn't even know what liberal or conservative was before moving out here to Vegas, big, bigger city. But I like points that liberals um, run with, and I like points that conservatives run with. You know, I like the fact of uh, people. Nobody wakes up thinking they don't want to work. You know, I hate people calling being called lazy. It's not that people are lazy. It's the fact that eight fifty fifty an hour. It's hard to live off that. You know, it's demeaning. It causes you to not have any work ethic. You know, of course, 10, 20 years ago, people had way more work ethic and they worked for nothing. I mean, you had, you know, thousands of people standing in line to for jobs that sometimes wait 8, 10 hours and wouldn't even get. But now you just have a thousand people waiting in line for Jordans because people appreciated that minimum wage job. Things were cheaper, but now the economy is Better, but price of everything's gone up so it's like you know people aren't making enough but back to the point in hand our people we don't tip you know I mean I will have to say unless the only people of my people I got tips from was either well off or or educated you know and occasionally you know people with just with would just tip here and there but for the most part in the white culture, you know, white folks, they get in the cab, they get in my car, always tip. And this was pre-Uber and Lyft. This was taxi. Now, of course, that's not a stain on us as people, African-Americans. It's the fact that what I try to p- preach to people and tell people, we literally, slavery just ended, what, 100 or so years ago. You know, civil rights 50 or so years ago. You know, we... White folks had centuries to get it together. We've, we haven't even had a century. You know, it takes time to build family wealth. You know, the family wealth, um, of, I think, black African American, um, family wealth, um, well off, meaning you're, you, I think it's over half a million dollars or a million dollars, something as such, which you'd be considered wealthy. I think it's at a low three or four percent of all African Americans. I think with white, it's like, Thirty percent, huge difference. You know, all due to the fact that white folks have way more time to get it together. You know, you figure they had, you know, two, three hundred years to build family wealth. You know, it can, it could have started from a a settlement from an insurance company. You know, a a million dollar settlement can jumpstart family wealth. You know, that can help a family build. Now, me personally, we're gonna get into this on other uh, shows other podcasts in the future, but I've had, I've been wealthy before in my life and I squandered most of it due to the fact of financial, I was financially illiterate, knew nothing about managing money. All I did was give away money, make bad investments and buy stupid things. You know, I bought a bunch of liabilities, no assets. And that was a mistake on my part. Now, if I had somebody in my family that was well off, that's been there, that took the time out to sit me down and say, hey, do this, do that and do this, then I would have a majority of that money and my family would be doing great things right now. But instead, I learned from my mistakes and I have the knowledge, but I don't have the financial backing to make moves, make things happen the way I want them to happen. You know, I... I won't call myself a genius at marketing, but I am a, a, a visionary. I come up with these crazy marketing schemes. And I find ways to make money that most can't even fathom thinking of. But the problem is my business. My business is terrible. My business sense. I'm a terrible um handling money. That's a um, fault of my own. But let's jump back. I just went off completely off script. Let's jump back to the Starbucks finish that up so starbucks situation the guys get arrested now what i posted on facebook was that these guys like i think this whole situation with starbucks is pussy i think that we as african americans are starting to become sensitive and, and this victim mentality that the mainstream media puts on us is just making everybody sick of us you know you have indians you have um um asians Doing way better than us. And they haven't been here as long. And I'm talking about the Indians that are coming from India, not, you know, ones that had a land taking that get, that actually get, um, stipends every month. Once you, I think, turn 18, you get a certain amount of money. We, what I will say is the fact that we literally were told to just go figure it out. You're not slaves anymore. Go figure it out. We weren't given anything. Indians were giving, still giving a lot because of the fact their land was taken with us we were taking from a country that's rhythmic you know and we brought to a country that was just stale and i will say we're getting there you know as you can see we dominate sports obviously any sport we jump in uh, into we dominate you know we um still are leaders in science and tech you know and art you see hip-hop as much as i don't like the new wave of hip-hop the hip hop that is sticking, like the J. Cole's Jay Z, the, the, the hip hop artists that are still there are still they're making waves. Okay? In music, art. Look at Kanye. Kanye completely took Adidas that was the bottom of the totem pole after Nike, once again, one of the situations I had to deal with we'll talk about in a future podcast show. Um on one of the future podcast shows. Nike tried to Hold him down, they tried to marginalize him, they tried to get him to you know take a million dollars and put out all this merchandise and apparel and give him all these ideas. But what Kanye did was say no, he believed in himself he'd rather go bankrupt, go for broke, which is what he pretty much did. He went to Adidas and they gave him full full rights full um um control artistic control over his um, merchandise, apparel, shoes to get him full reign. And now look, Adidas is literally jumping over the Jumpman. Now you have to, of course, it takes a lot of time. It's gonna take more, way more years of, um, more years of innovation that Kanye's, you know, um, mastering, still mastering. I mean, he the Yeezys is a whole different type of shoe. You see the tapered bottom Nike pants. You know, actually, Adidas started it because of Kanye, but Nike took the trend this is what's hot right now. Tapered workout pants, you know, tapered pants that as a whole, you know, the, the um, tight tees with the taper in the back. Kanye, that's all Kanye. So that goes show you, you know, art, anything that we take on, we run with because we're not vanilla. You know, we have all kinds of different um Thoughts, processes that uh, allow us to just innovate. Now, what I, my feeling with this whole Starbucks uh, situation ended, um, these guys, they should have thought smart. They should have just left, wrote the corporate, told corporate exactly what happened. They felt some kind of way. They were treated wrongly. That would have went a long way because that manager would have got wrote up and the guys would not have been arrested case closed but the fact that they made that big scene and it's like we it's only us african-americans that are causing these big scenes due to the fact that we're not being reasonable in 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 certain instances okay such as the other post that i posted the other day um also with the starbucks you know the whole starbucks the guys weren't wrong but they weren't right they should have just left but they had a right to be there. So I get it. I get it. You know, I got ripped for a few. But the whole reason why I don't like it, because now if I walk into Dunkin' Donuts or any of these stores, their bathroom may be down. And now they have to, like, feel some kind of way scared to say the bathroom's down. Which actually just happened to me three days ago. I walked into a Dunkin' Donuts and they were cleaning them. Both bathrooms were open. And I could tell, you know, the guy felt some kind of way. He just cleaned them. The floor was wet. But he said... No, but yeah, you can go. Go ahead. And it's like, it shouldn't be like that, you know, but we're causing people to resent us because of us, you know, um, causing scenes, you know. And just that's that was my point, you know, from that situation. Now, of course, as I said, you know, I got a bunch of backlash from that view. But Starbucks, come on, people, we know Starbucks. We know Starbucks is not about that life. Okay, now if this was a car dealership or, or you know something such as that, then yeah, I could see you taking them to task. They say the restroom is not open, but then you see another white guy going there. Yes, but this whole Starbucks situation, I just thought was blown out of proportion because of the fact of their stance on all other issues, and the fact that we made that. We just pretty much turned it back on starbucks from ti from these other people making starbucks to be this racial racist organization you know now should feel fear go from fear of cops to fear of starbucks you know it's just just comical but the other issue i had was there's a video on my facebook timeline of a guy getting arrested now the cops they thought he was another guy so instead of the guy allowing himself to just get arrested you know just get arrested they're gonna take you outside they're going to check your ID. They're going to see that they got the wrong person. And then you're good. Good to go. Everybody goes home. Instead, this guy, it has to be about 300 pounds, about 6'2", big guy, black guy, of course, um, one of us. He's literally fending off these two cops with one arm. Like he's literally, they both are grabbing one arm because he's so strong that he's literally pull, pushing them back with one arm. So then three other cops come running in. The one cop comes running in and sucker punches him. And then a guy falls. Then another guy, cop comes and jumps on him. Now, I thought the sucker punch was unnecessary, but y- y- you got to understand, what if he was a suspect? Okay, what if he was the guy with that they were looking for and he had a gun in his back? Then guess what? One of those cops aren't going home. And that's the situation. It's like, if he would have calmly said, I'm not the guy, but here's my ID. Situation would have been over with. But because he fought, authority which is another pet peeve of mine. Um, about 15, 16 years ago, when I was in high school still, we feared authority. We ran from cops you know, before they showed up, but if they caught us, they saw our face, we stopped. I've been there. I've been a kid. you know. We ran from the cops. If they caught us, then we knew to stay there. We didn't fight, resist arrest. We didn't resist the principal. principal came into the room and we're doing something bad. Guess what? We walked to the principal's office. We don't run out of school and, And go in my A. No. The problem we have right now with society is we have camera phones now, which are recording these acts that racist cops are doing to us as black people. You know, you have racist cops out here that are looking to hurt us. You know, they're treating us differently. But my thought process on that is uh, coming from personal experience. I can only talk on personal experience, I can't talk on. Situations happened with other people that didn't happen to me. Youngstown, which is where I'm from, we had suburb areas with cops that were, I felt, racist in regards to if we're in that neighborhood, or driving around or walking around. We may get pulled over and ask, what are we doing? And it's only because we're black. Because if it was a white kid, they wouldn't have done it. Now, I never had to worry about I never had a gun pulled out on me. You know, I never had a cop rough me up. I actually got arrested, which is not even on my record because it wasn't um, serious. It was me not me having insurance, but they thought I didn't have insurance because my license I had an SR22 bond, and my license was suspended in the system. But license was suspended in the system, but I got insurance two days prior because yes, I was hot back then. I was poor. Or struggling. I wasn't poor, but I was struggling. I was working two jobs, doing what the best I could do. I paid my insurance. I knew my license. I was driving hot for like a week. But I paid the insurance, luckily, two days before they pulled me over. But it was on a Friday. I paid it so it doesn't show, register in the system until Monday. I drove anyway with that license showing suspended. And guess what happened? Pulled over. Gave him my ID. They arrested me. Now, here's the thing. I was t- on the verge of crying. Now, I'm not a pussy, but at the same time, I'm not a this hardcore guys that, you know, people make you out to be if you're black. OK, there's some of us that when it comes to things such as getting arrested, going to jail we're we're going to, you know, try to cry our way out of. That's what I tried to do. I was in the back of that patrol car trying to um, try and act hard, but I was holding it. As soon as they pulled off, tears started coming down my eyes. You know, first time ever getting arrested, going to jail. Think, I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, what's going to happen? I'm going go to county uh, and what, what the heck is going to happen to me? You know, is there going to be big bad, you know, thugs in this jail? So, cop, you know, he didn't even put the handcuffs on me tight. He just, you know, he said, it's going to be okay. Um, you know, just have to clean that, clear it up on Monday. Or you're good to go. Somebody could bail you out. Only a hundred dollars. So, I get in there and I started laughing because I'm literally in jail with, my uncle or i find out he was my uncle was in jail for stealing or whatever and i'm like cool he got my back we're in a holding cell in in campbell you know not even a real jail so there's nobody in there but us two they fed us mcdonald's okay what now i started doing push-ups and i'm trying to get street cred so i'm calling people in jail so the number could pop up trying to be cool i'm calling up some girls like man they got me they got me I'm in jail. I might need you to bail me out. I'm trying to call. You know, I tried to be hardcore thug, you know, but that didn't really work. You know, I looked like a fool. You know, that wasn't even cool. My uncle was in there telling me like, bro, this ain't cool. This ain't life. You don't want this life. Call your grandmother and tell her to to come bail you out. You know, if she needs the money back, I got you. Thank God my sister, boyfriend at the time, looked out and he bailed me out. So I was good. Got out of there. I was in there for a good six hours, but I still brag about it, even though it's not even on my record because it wasn't, I didn't even get booked. It was just them wanting me not to drive. And my car, my cousin got to take. I didn't have to get it from the impound or anything. It was no big deal. But it was the fact of me being stupid, driving, you know, doing the wrong thing. But the whole point of that, cops did nothing excessive. And that was the supposedly racist part of Campbell. They didn't run my tags. They saw my license was suspended and they came back around, pulled me over. I tried to whip into my cousin's driveway before, but they couldn't get, they couldn't, I couldn't get there soon enough. It was over. But that was one instance. Second instance, they got pulled over speeding. Same deal. Just gave me a ticket. Didn't pull the gun out. Nothing happened. Um, third time, which actually was, I was with my friend Josh at the time. Um, we were in D.C., this guy got a temper, I mean he was we were driving with with we were driving in a car that had bad tags. he knew it had the bad tags. probably about ten officers there you know I thought we were going to jail you got still got a video of my cousin um at the end of the whole situation asking a cop are we going to are we gonna go home today and it was just that was just the most comical uh, thing ever but uh point in hand c- uh, my friend was white and you know, he almost got himself shot because he was going off, you know, but almost got arrested. Not shot because they never pulled a gun out on us out because we all complied other than the only white guy in the car was going off. And he almost got arrested. But the rest of us were all cool, calm, gave him the ID, did the right thing. So then last time I got pulled over, actually two more times, actually three more times, which is why I tell you guys. I've story for days of my situations with cops, never bad. Um, I got pulled over pulling out of um, my weekly that I had out here in Vegas one day last year. And I pulled out and went into the second lane. The law in Nevada is you have to pull into the first lane when you pull out. Of course, I got pulled over because they assumed, I assumed I'm black, they think I got something he comes to the car I'm like, Hey officer, you know, I'm let you know in advance. I don't have anything in the car. You can search if you want. He's like, Okay, thanks And he grabs yeah, I mean he tells me to step out. He didn't even handcuff us or nothing. He didn't even pat he didn't even pat us down. All he did was like just touch I mean he literally just touched, you know, my pockets, make sure we didn't have a gun or whatever. But he didn't, you know, do a whole full, you know, checking the nuts, the the leg. He didn't do none of that he just checked the belt, whatever. No no gun. So then he said, just step behind the car. Step behind the car. church they they checked, you know, the 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 places that you can just, you know, common places. They didn't, you know, rip or park the car, or throw everything out of the glove compartment. I just check the main spots and let us go. Lasted five minutes. Third one, actually second to the last one, I was driving my bosses at the time. Guy, big gambler out here, was teaching me how to gamble. Worked for him for a year. But I had his his um, bins and his tags were expired. And they're actually three months expired. And at that time, I had my whole life in that car because I was moving from one place to another. And the cop pulled me over, and I told the cop straight up, "My, um, this is my boss's car. He's out of town. You know, I've pretty much got my life in it because I'm living, you know, hotel to hotel right at the moment, I'm trying to, you know, get by." And the cop said, "Okay, let me check your ID or your license, and we'll get it taken care of." He go, "I'm thinking, man, they about to take this car away. I'm fucked." Nope a okay came back like look you got to get off the road you gotta stop driving this car with the spire tag i'll let you go now but you know um you gotta get this taken care of i'm like cool thanks so me being stupid i go park the car but then i tried to drive it again last time this is the last time i got pulled over i was going into i was going into the motel six check-in or actually the, um get my ID I forgot my ID I need to get money out of the sports book forgot it in the hotel room and actually I lost it. I couldn't find it I didn't know where it was at so I saw like this the drug task force but I'm thinking no big deal they ain't checking my plates but I park real quick and I go run into the room and I run out because I'm trying to get to sports book before it's closed they assumed I was going to pick up some drugs and leaving so they immediately swooped behind my car before I pulled out And it was probably about 10 officers in military gear. And same situation. I'm like, look, my boss's car, tax expired. I already know, you know, I'm trying to get this all taken care of. You're free to search my car. Boom. Okay. But we got to put you in cuffs. They put me in cuffs. I'm like panicking. Like, oh my God, I'm in Vegas. Nobody, I don't got nobody out here bail me out. I'm be effed if I don't, you know, if they arrest me. They searched the car. I knew I had my Adderall pills, of course, because you know I'm on prescription. Um, that's something you didn't know, but I'm telling you now. I'm on prescription. So, mind you, didn't have my ID. I couldn't find my ID. So, another situation of them um, um, letting me call my boss to vouch for me um, having his car, which I did. And he vouched for me. I was able to get walk away with without getting. Uh, Rested. they searched the car they let me go said don't drive the car so i left the car parked next day of course drove it had to park it somewhere else and i stopped driving the car after that Um, left it for my boss to pick up but those were my experiences with cops never had a gun pulled out on me never anything serious actually one other time i actually i pulled over on the highway and my car was ran out of gas in the highway because this is when i was struggling um this was like in 2006 i was 20 years old and not knowing me thinking i'm cool i hop out the car and the cop said get back in your car and he, he did he pulled his gun out but that was a situation that could have been solved for me standing in the car hands on the wheel but me pulling um d- pulling a move that most people that are going to kill the cop do they get out the car and start shooting he thought that I was getting out the car because I wanted that work, but it was clear that he came to the car and said, listen, don't do that ever. Don't ever do it again. Cause that's like the, that's the, um, main way cops end up murdered because guys get out the car, pull up on the cop and just start shooting. Don't do that. I'm like, I'm sorry, officer, blah, blah, blah. Those are my case, Those are my instances of getting pulled over. Never anything bad, which is why I feel some kind of way when You know, I'm being told, which is what swerved me over to more of the middle, because you know I don't want to be told called a victim, you know, because I'm black. I'm supposed to worry about the cops, but I've never had to deal with a terrible cop. Now, of course, there's probably one, two percent of cops are probably terrible human beings. They're probably racist. But to call the majority of cops, these people that you call when your loved one gets shot or somebody's breaking into your house, you call these people to, to protect you, but you want to call them all racist? You want to say that they're out to get you? That's the reason why I feel that kind of way. The reason why, you know, I feel like we just need to ask people, stop making everything a big deal. We need to calm down, relax, start acting like everybody else, okay? Because all we're doing is setting ourselves back. Um, Yes, there's racial injustice. But, you know, there's there's in a criminal system. And this is what I tell people. There's another big point. People complain about judges and all of that. I'm like, look, run, try to be a judge. You know, you don't, you can, you know, it's anything possible. You can, you know, be a councilman, try to be a mayor, but you can't fix anything if you just talk. And that's actually what um, my passion now um, entails. You know, I now want to um, get a law degree, but I may after uh, having talks with um, a few different people, hire somebody that's already legally sound to write and to be my writer for the most part, ghost writer for fireballs on stage and run for office without having the background. You know, because there's in different cities there's been people that have been voted in with nothing just off of what they want to do. You know, the way they they conduct themselves. And that's what I'm thinking I may uh, go about doing. Now, two topics we talked about in this podcast was the Starbucks incident and the cops. Now, as I said before, it's just a pilot. Okay, most of this content, this format is not going to be the format that I use. You know, I'm not going to go into talking this long on one subject, but I need to... Uh, analyze and, and write notes and figure out what I did wrong and what uh, can be changed, what can be fixed before I start including other people. And if you're listening to this, it's because I wanted you to um, give me input on what I can change about it, how you feel about it. But either way, these are my opinions. This is not law. You know, I can be wrong. That's the whole point of dis- having discussions for people to prove me wrong cause me to change my way the whole me realizing that slavery was just a hundred years ago and civil rights was only what 50, 60 years ago that point was from an African American studies professor that I had in the back of my car that was talking to me about you know the fight that we had to deal with in the black community the fact that you know everything's against us I mean we live in we're rhythmatic. Um, um, group of people, you know we we just need you know financial literacy. You know we need to learn. We need to um, start respecting ourselves more. You know it's just little things like that that w- things we can do to fix that. You know we have to stop supporting, for example, last point I'm going to make: music. We need to stop supporting. These new age rappers that are coming out, talking about the life that they're not even living, like that six nine guy, character, you know, he, little kid, he's not living that life, but he may making millions off of, pretty much, acting like he's what society sees a black man to be, which is not right. I don't act like that. You don't see me out here in these streets acting. Cooning, talking about pull up and all this and that. No, that's not the black man. But that's what society sees us as because of the fact that we're giving this man clout. We're giving this man, um, what I'm trying to think of the right word for it. We're giving this man a seal of approval by allowing our kids to listen to him and support him. Ultimately, until we fix this, we're not going to get that respect. But I'm out. Respect any of you guys to give me some points on where I went wrong, what I should change, because this is a six month in a making podcast. You know, next six months is all pilot. You know, I'm building it up because eventually it's going to be a daily video podcast, two hours long. So I'm out, people. Thanks for listening to Dumb Logic Podcast. Peace.